Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Can you do an Australian accent? No. Give it a go. Go on. Have you guessed what it is yet? (laughs) (laughs) That was a quite good American accent. Really? Do you want to do the cliched, put another shrimp on the barbie? Put another shrimp on the barbie, mate. Yeah, we're going to get stabbed. Uh, (laughs) Everybody, we're coming to Australia. Yep. This November, Behind the Glass Live, Down Under is taking place. You've never been before, have you? Never been. Are you excited or scared? No, I am... Well, hold on a minute. (laughs) I am really excited. I am genuinely concerned about the flight and being eaten. Yes. So every time I've mentioned, oh, mate, we can do some sightseeing, you say, yeah, anywhere but the beach. Don't want to get eaten by a a shark. I mean, there will... Mate, there are sharks there. There are sharks. You know there are sharks here. Mate, I'm... uh, not like there are in Australia. I mean, they genuinely eat you in Australia. <laughs> anyway, for those of you that are Dan Ander, uh, here are the dates that you need to be aware of. Saturday, the 4th of November, we will be in Melbourne. On Sunday, the 5th of November, we'll be in Gold Coast. Wednesday, the 8th of November, in Sydney. And Saturday, the 11th of November, in Perth. That is four live shows very soon we'll be releasing all the information of the venues and where to get tickets we have to do a big shout out to our partner for the trip latham's steel doors if you're looking for a steel door for your dealership or your garage etc they are the best available in the uk and australia plenty more info on them to come in the weeks and months ahead but we can't wait can we i am mate, i am i am really excited just I- you just don't you're just nervous about the flight i get that it's a long way to go but yeah. it'll be worth it, mate. It'll be worth it. It's a lovely place. Yeah. And they do nice coffee there, don't they? They do fantastic coffee. Yeah. And and great shrimps on, <laughs> on barbies. <laughs> the food is actually meant to be really no, nice. No, there, I was it? taking the piss. It's amazing. We're going right. to have a great time. But we're not going for food and coffee, Tony. We're going for live podcast events. Oi, oi. So, yes, stay tuned. Watch this space. Make sure you're listening to the podcast and keeping an eye across our various social media platforms because more information about Behind the Glass Live, Dan Ander. Coming soon. 
Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week. We hope you enjoy the episode. And we're back. Just like that, the summer break is over, Tony. It flew by in the flash of an eye. Wait, wait, wait. is it summer? Well, in the UK, it has not... Well, it's supposed to have been summer. Thing is, I don't know... I don't really want to talk about the weather. Well, I would like to talk about the weather. Oh. As you can tell by my voice, I've got cold. I mean, how have I got a cold in the summer? Summer flu. It's been going around, actually. Has it really? Yeah, well... I, I mean, I'm genuinely ill. I'm ill. <laughs> you are ill in August. In August. I am also ill, but I should I tell you why I'm ill? It's going to upset you. It is going to upset you. You're always ill. Something is always wrong with you, though, mate. There's always so. something. Yes. Yeah, what some, do you mean? But I don't know. You need to go to the toilet or... What? <laughs> That's such a lie. <laughs> uh, never, never like that. But now I'm ill because I, I went away and I found sun and I got sick from the air conditioning. <laughs> Did you... In the plane or in the hotel? In the hotel because it was... Well, the day we, we went to Lisbon in Portugal, a lovely place... The day we arrived, it was 39 degrees. Beautiful. So we had to have the aircon full full up because of baby. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, Vicky decided that just to make it like 17 degrees in the room. Oh, baby, right? right? Was the baby right? I guess. I wasn't. No, no, no <laughs> I she, wasn't it, she wasn't ill. No, she was fine. Right. She's been fine. I'm the one who's like, ah. Sore throat and all that. Yeah. Yeah, terrible. It just dries you out, doesn't it? Absolutely, um, yeah. Sorry if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, God, they sound a bit nasally these days. They sound like Daleks, both yeah. of us. It would come back from yeah. our break. On. Oh, yeah. Um, apologies for that. But we are we are back um, in case you missed it. And I know some of you did because I had some DMs and some emails being like, where's the podcast? What's happened? Uh, we took our annual summer break but one of our shorter ones previously we've taken we've taken a whole month off we're, well, not months we've had we've had a month yeah, yeah that's normally what happened we've got off. so much going on this back end of the year we need to come back mate we need to crack on yeah because there's a lot to talk about and actually let's get straight into it i drove the 718 spider rs you did yeah ah, and i wanted to talk about this well i was going to go in on you on, oh. uh, on the on the on the um on the gram but i thought i'll wait till 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 uh, i know a little bit more information and then i'll get you oh well what were you going to go in on that stupid roof mm. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 actually i'd rather get wet mate than sod around putting that roof up and down porsche would rather you get wet than sod around putting that roof on as well really one million percent, whether they are officially saying it or not, and I think they are officially saying it, they did not want to sell that car with a roof. Oh, oh, right. They're, so the word from them the night before, so you know, during our press briefing, which we're now very familiar with, was that this concept started out as potentially a new 911 Speedster. Right. So oh, they wow. thought, you know, do we make, and they were like, oh, I'm not really sure 992, 911, it's all a bit familiar, what can we do here? So that's when they switched to doing a 718 Spider RS. And their initial plan was for it to be a roadster, to have no roof. They wanted it to be a permanent roadster. But I'm assuming, and this is the part they didn't admit, is that commercial pressures or someone on the board went, that's ridiculous. You can't sell a car with no roof. Not in the UK. Not, and so many other parts around yeah, the world. Yeah. Well, so, Europe. Yeah. And, Half but, of Europe. But also well. heat. Like you've, You're not just talking about rain. Yeah, you're right. There are plenty of places around the world where you just 
can't get away with that. So yeah. they had to come up with some system. And so they went for the lightest possible solution. Yeah. Because the whole car is supposed to be very, very light. It's mm-hmm. 40 kilos lighter, I think, than a standard 718 Spider. And it's like it's like something weird, like four kilos lighter than a GT4 RS or something. Lighter obscure. or heavier? Lighter. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's not got a... It's not got a Electric roof. That's it's not got electric roof. It's all, it's all manual. Yeah, yeah. So I think oh, I'm forgetting all the numbers, but it's something like the roof is 16 kilos lighter than yeah. the standard spider. And you can leave the top element at home, which saves another eight kilos. So yeah. basically don't take the roof. You know what I did like about the roof? Go on. The little emblem, the oh, little Vizac like that. emblem. That's, no. I think that's a nice detail, mate. I don't like that. I know, but... You're, there's a lot of things that you like and I don't yeah. like. It's amazing we're friends. But. We could go on for hours. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, this whole episode. Literally. Uh, or two. Or, um, <laughs> but yeah, so this is the thing. I saw a lot of people like, this is ridiculous. Like, two minutes to put a roof up. Like, outrageous. But the whole thing is, if you own a Spider RS and you think, I want to go for a drive today. Yeah. You're at home. And you check the weather report. And if it's a clear, blue, sunny day, just leave the roof in the garage and off you go. Right. If suddenly, when you're out, some bizarre weather thing happens and it rains, you'll be fine. You'll be absolutely fine. I promise you, you'll be fine. I oh. drove the car in a monsoon. But if, when you're leaving the house, you check and it says, oh, you're clear for two hours, but in about three hours, there is going to be some rain, just put the roof on. Off you go. Just have the roof on. Just, just go, go for a drive with the roof on. Or if it's like you said, really hot, just go with the roof on. So there's a sun canopy version. So there's a way that you, it's like a sun shade. It's not the full wet weather. So what I did on Instagram is the full wet weather scenario. The full black roof. Yeah. So you can just put the top element on, mm-hmm. which is obviously quicker. Doesn't protect you really from sideways rain or wind, windy rain, but it protects you from the sun. So if you want a bit of shade. It's actually a very clever system. Okay. It's just finickety. Okay, fine. And yeah, the quickest I could do it sensibly was two minutes. Right. So if you're, for, I would class you as quite a competent person. So if you're a div. Yeah, there was another journalist there who will remain unnamed, <laughs> who couldn't get under five minutes. <laughs> I was really embarrassed when in the car. I was like, oh yeah, I was thinking two. They're like, two? I was like, yeah. So I'd be 10, I would. I mean, I, I, I just throw it on the floor and I'd run out of patience, mate. The other thing is, firstly, I definitely like, like nicked a finger here and there, or, you know, sort of that was annoying. Yeah. And I guarantee, a bit like with the Project 7 Jaguar F-Type roof, you will end up damaging paintwork, bodywork, putting it on and off. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. if, especially if you're in a hurry, yeah. there's plenty of things that you can bash inadvertently. Well, unless you've got PPF, you'd probably be half all right, no? Yeah, but even still, there's just, there's just parts of the car that I think, you know, rubber elements that will rub and like, just get rid of the roof. Mm. Just get rid of the roof. Because let's face it, if you're buying that car, it's not your only car. Oh, yeah, fair. All right, let's talk about the car. Mm-hmm. From I've not driven it yet, yep. but I've driven the GT4 RS. You have. So I've got half a comparison. And from a person looking out, I think the GT4 RS Spider or the 718 Spider makes more sense than the, the normal tin top car so the four, the spider rs is a better proposition than the four rs i think so yeah i would totally agree okay good and here's my reasoning uh so the spring rates are 50 percent softer in the spider rs which which was one of the real 
big things that we picked up, especially driving it in the UK. Yeah. It was really hard, weren't it? Really, really firm. Yeah. Now, what does that actually mean? Well, it sits somewhere between a standard 718 Spider and a GT4 RS. So it's not like, oh my God, it's suddenly like the squelchy no, no. Um, thing. But they also recalibrated the dampers. So it's not just the spring rates. It has meant that whilst the ride is firm, it's just not brittle. Okay. It's not, your favourite word, crashy. Crashy. Having said that, I drove it on beautiful German roads. Mm. So I really can't sit here. And I, I, in my video, I said like 14 times, I'm like, I'm not going to comment on the ride because I don't want to get back to the UK and then go, oh. Was, but it's got to be better than the, than, the, than the Cayman GT4 RS, right? Because it is naturally softer. All I would say is I spent an entire day. So I was on the TV rotation of the press drives, which means you basically get unlimited time with the car. Yeah, I was going to say, what's TV mean? So, so on a, on a international press launch for a new car, you have rotations of media coming through and usually it's a set route, set timings. You pick up the car at 9.30, you've got a route to lunch, then you have a nice lunch and then you've got a route back to the hotel mm -hmm. and it's all sort of defined. TV is essentially people who are filming with the car. So that could be traditional TV outlets or right, okay. media outlets with yeah, yeah. video. And it's unlimited. So basically they give you the cars early as they can in the morning. There is, there is a suggested route, but you can do whatever you like. There's packed lunch. You don't have to go to the lunch stop, but there is a lunch stop as well. And you bring the cars back, I mean, 10 p.m. if you want. You just have to tell them. Pl plenty of cars. So you're just given all the time and it's a car each. Where on lots of other things, you will be partnered up with another journalist. So there are plenty of cars then? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. There were eight or ten cars on our on, yeah, on yeah. rotation. So yeah, so so I had I had all the time they want. I spent all day in the car, and at no point did I think it's too firm this ride. Okay. So you know, as I say it was beautiful German roads, but but that's one thing. Yeah. The second thing is, do you remember both of us thought that the four RS just felt a bit, a bit frantic, like a bit like ah, like you know, yeah. You're on the motorway, and you went, I just want to switch lanes. I'll just apply five percent throttle pressure and it would shift down four gears and, went, ah! yeah. and you're like oh my god just breathe yeah and do you know what as well it 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 almost reminded me a little bit like a speciali when i drove that car okay because you can't shut the bloody thing up well and especially was always the same yeah they, they, that's not any better in the spider no. and it's even louder yeah because it's right there yeah yeah but it's all there on one side all the noise is coming from over your Shoulder. Uh, and pure noise or intakes Intake well? noise. All intake noise. Well, well, mainly intake noise. Right, I turned okay. the exhaust button on and off and it made no difference to my <laughs> experience. But it did get to the point where towards the end of the day, I was enough of an old man that I was like, oh, shut up. Yeah. I like, I, and I sort of addressed it on camera. I was like, I don't think I can say this in the video. I think I'm going to be eaten alive by the internet. But it just got to the point where I was like, Oh, I just want to yeah. just turn. I just want to hit one button that just because it's amazing for the first two to three hours, yeah. and you're like, wow. But then after a while, you're like, oh my god. There's yeah. no point in having a radio in that car. Yeah. Like absolutely, I had to have it so loud it was distorting the speakers. Oh wow! Because just to drive anywhere wow. that wasn't a motorway, there is so much noise and buffeting, buffeting. A bit, you know, but yeah, no, yeah. but good. I mean, they controlled that, yeah, but. Yeah. It is 100% an occasion car. Yeah. You know? It's, um, a it's a blast car. It's a two or three hour blast car. Come home. Absolutely. Okay, and what fine. a blast it will be. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, I think it's a better proposition than the 4RS personally. Yeah. Unless you want to just solely go on track because Porsche said that this is the first RS car they've made, which is not 
solely focused at going on track. Yeah. It's about country country roads. All of our RS models really just track focused. They are, yeah. The other thing is, uh, I saw a lot of comments from people who were getting a little bit butt hurt, saying, of course, I was going to say it's not as good as a GT3 because I own a GT3 and how could I ever admit that a 718 would be better than... But, but, the reason I didn't find it as good, mainly, was the front end. Yeah. Which we've spoken about a lot before. Mm. The new front end on a 992 GT3 is so unbelievable that obviously the 718 Spider OS has old format. Mm. And, the, and the GT4 came in as well. Yeah. It's just not as sharp. It is oh. fantastic. And of course, having a mid-engine car compared to a rear engine changes the driving characteristics. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful car. I just personally didn't find it as good to drive as a GT3. And that's not me because I'm a GT3 owner and I want to protect my investment, as some people were suggesting. Like, bore off. Yeah. Like, hopefully you would know that I'm honest and open enough to be like, oh my God, I want to swap my... Uh, how many times have I said that? Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I want to swap my GT3 for a Spider RS if it was good enough. Like, yeah. I would have I would have come out and said that and bored you here saying like, oh, I want to sell my car, Tony. Yeah, I've been hard to walk out. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'd have I'm not the kind of person who's no, like, oh, I'm just going to protect like, my own investment. No, no, no. And without sounding rude, what you say will not dictate the market of GT3 RSs. No. All, the market dictates that. But also all my own ego. Like, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and just deny that any car could ever be better than my GT3. Like, of course. If I get in a car, it's better. It's better. It's better, like, you know, yeah, yeah. But it was, I really, really like the Spider RS. Yeah. yeah. If I was a big collector, would I have one? A million percent. Okay. And I would not have a 4RS. You have it over a 911 Speedster? No. No, no. You'd have the 911 Speedster still? Yeah, because... Because that's what you compare it to. You don't compare it to a GT3. You'd probably compare it more to the Speedster than the... Yeah, uh, but, but the Speedster's not as dialed in. Fair. Because the oh, Speedster's no, be, a yeah. lot more relaxed. It's a yeah. lot more of a cruiser car. Yeah. This is still, you know, it's an RS for the road. So the thing yeah. is, it's very turned on. Like and it's, it's a PDK as well, It's right? a PDK car. Yeah. It wants to be thrashed. What's more enjoyable about, about it than the forest, because you get all these crazy different noises from the intakes and the exhaust at every part of the road. You can enjoy it at slower speeds way more than I think you can enjoy the 4RS at slower speeds. Oh, that's that's what I was about to say. Because mm. it's so loud, uh, it, and this is the, the sometimes the problem with turbocharged cars, you only really get the real enjoyment out of them when you're flat out in them because they're so fast, the turbocharged cars. Whereas the NA cars, you probably don't need to go as fast, right? You can just have a little cruise around and still have the enjoyment. But the noise changes. I'm going to see here, I tried to film a clip at different levels of acceleration to demonstrate, you know, how much the, the sound characteristics change depending on how hard you push the throttle pedal. Let me see if this is going to work on the microphone. Pump this right up. So do you hear at the end, it changes yeah, yeah. orally and then you get that final 500 RPM. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they that, all do that, them Caymans. They always have that loud bit right at the end, yeah, where it goes on the cam. So as you're driving around town, if you just lightly push the throttle, it's a sort of real dull... Yeah, yeah. But if you do a sharp acceleration away from a roundabout, which I feel like it's a much more... Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's really yeah. cool. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's super rewarding. So look, a brilliant car. Yeah. Brilliant car. None of us are getting one. They're going to appear on the used market for stupid money. Not be worth it. Let let less numbers than a four RS. They didn't say. Okay, fine. I, mean, I bet they'll make similar numbers. Probably. Yeah, yeah, you know. I think uh, I. 
Yeah, who knows? But I think they will soften off. Three hundred odd grand to begin with, I would assume. No, really? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Do you think you think fifty grand more than the Cayman four is? Do you? Yeah, it's hard to know, but I I do think so. Okay. Um, so let's wait and see. But but yeah, brilliant, brilliant car, and I would happily spend more time in one. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what you thought about about it either way. Yeah, Um, I think I'd have one. I would. You think you'd have one? I think I, I think would, you would, yeah. yeah. I, I think, think you would. It'd be a wicked car for a trip, for one of your trips. That's what I'm saying, mm. yeah. I think I'd have one for a trip. And it'd almost be nice, because it's so different to a GT3, you can have it alongside. Yeah, for sure. The, the thing which I would say is, because of the gearing, our cars, GT3s, don't necessarily feel that fast in a straight line, especially when you're with other things. But no. if you're by yourself and you're on the right road, they can feel quick enough. And they do yeah. get up and go. Yeah. That Spider RS, it really felt like you really had to rev it out to, yeah, to, to get it going, going yeah. um anyway another porsche was unveiled whilst we were off air which doesn't necessarily compete with the spider rs but value wise might the 911 st oh mate i am not interested in that car we talked about it a lot in advance that we oh. were we were waiting for it to be unveiled and it finally has been unveiled mm. why are you not interested what do you not care about i i again like a little bit like the sport classic and actually do you know what i, ca- I cannot believe i'm about to say this I'd probably rather have the Sport Classic than the <laughs> ST because I literally, I literally think that ST just go and buy a Touring, just literally just have a Touring because it, it is a Touring, barring a couple of little special bits and pieces around it. I mean, mechanical special bits, though. Yeah, okay, fair, but it's a manual car, mm-hmm. right? So unless you're a real proper driver, which apparently if you own a manual, you are a proper driver. I can confirm. <laughs> that is true, Tony. <laughs> um, so, um, and you're not going to ever feel the difference between the two cars unless you can really drive. Mm. I, I think... Okay, sorry, go on, I, go on. No, I think I need to drive it, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's too similar. And it is just... I mean, it's genius from Paul like we said from some of these manufacturers before. From their point of view... Why would they not make it? It's all sold. The, the The cost for them to make it won't be a huge amount of difference to a touring. So why? I mean, it's genius, but I just think it's a stupid car. I think I I felt really disappointed in the looks. They seem to have done next to nothing visually to make it stand out against the nine nine two touring. What would you like them to do, though, mate? Well, look at the Sport Classic. The Sport Classic, at least you see it and you go, oh, it's a Sport Classic. You said, oh, it looks just like a 911, but there are enough Apart details. Apart from the towel, it the, does look like a normal 911. Yeah, but the roof, the way you can spec it, I know we. I went through the whole argument saying, okay, you can do a lot of these options on other 911s, but say what you will, be negative as what you want. You see a Sport Classic, you go, oh, it's a Sport Classic. You, uh, if you do know that. If you're, of course, I know. If you're a Porsche I'm a, person. Because I'm a Porsche person, yeah. I'm a car bloke. But if you're, if you're, but the but, no, you no, know, fifty million people in this Doesn't country. They just got a nine eleven. Doesn't matter. It does matter because no. My point being, if you parked a nine nine two GT three touring and an ST together, I'm not sure even I could tell you which is which. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like, there are some changes, but you're going to have to have the guy. And I made this post on Instagram. Go, it's not a touring, by the way. And you're going to go. Oh, isn't it? They're going to go, no, it's an ST. Let me show you why. So if you could look at this and you're going to be like, oh, you're going to be there for 20 minutes while they point out all the minute details that make it an ST, not a touring. Why is it a badge? No, because the front du- the front wing is slightly more angled like from the RS. There's a few little cuts here and scrapes there and lower bits this. Like, the windows are different. It's, it's so minute. Yeah, and in a, yeah. in a 
boring color, oh. like the launch car, black. Well done, Porsche. What an inventive way to launch a new car, a black car. Oh, I think it's lovely. I'd have a black yeah, car. Maybe. I know you would. <laughs> but generally, it, 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 there just wasn't anything on it apart from what's under the skin. And I know that's kind of what they're going for, right? They're like, this is pure driving. All Porsche GT cars are pure driving. They're all the same. But this is the purest experience. No. no fuss. This is literally just the best driving experience you can have. It's except, unbelievable marketing. Except we all told you that the best driving experience came with rear wheel steer. You yeah. all needed it. <laughs> We've got rid of it on this car, which is the best. Right? There's a few decisions in there, which, look, I am certain, me especially, I'll drive that car and I'm going to say to you, it's the best 911 ever made. I was like, it's absolutely unbelievable. Oh my God, Tony, it's so good. But on paper, it's quite hard to get that excited by it. I, I think, because some of the decisions seem weird. You know, it is basically a 911 R successor. It is essentially a manual touring GT3 RS, but they've got rid of some options and they've put like that lightweight until I've been on a break. They've, copied i think over the 911 r it's the the lightweight flywheel haven't they bought over oh have they i'm pretty sure so the clutch which, is really bitey which everyone said was way too noisy and annoying on the road in the eye it was the okay. biggest thing that people slagged off um let me just check here i don't want to get that wrong uh, so with the gt3 rs available only with a seven speed blood this becomes the most powerful porsche has equipped with a manual gearbox this six-speed manual has shorter ratios than in a GT3 and is engaged via a bespoke lightweight clutch. The single-mass flywheel is by itself said to shave 10.5 kilos. Right, but it will, it will have... 45 kilos lighter than a GT4 RS and 70 kilos lighter than a GT3 RS. Okay, fair. But it will have shorter ratios. It's seven-speed box, right? Not six. No, it's the six-speed. Is surely. it a six-speed sealer still? It must be the six-speed because it's a GT department car. Okay, fine. So it'll definitely be the, 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 the six-speed. Because the Sport Classic seven-speed, isn't it? Yeah, but that's not a GT department car. Oh, uh, right. Okay, so fine. It's a standard car. Um, so, look, as I say, I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be great. It's going to feel light. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be amazing. But, yeah, visually and on paper, I was like, oh, what more could they have done? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I'm sitting here complaining. I, I couldn't tell you what more they could have done. It is the recipe we expected, a manual 3RS. There, there it is. And it's super light. So I will bite my tongue until I've driven it. But I just implore those of you lucky enough to be getting one, spec them bravely so that I don't have to be bored by you on <laughs> all the details that make it so wonderfully unique. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I understand. Don't just have a black or grey one. Yeah. You're really upsetting. Well, I'll just call it a touring. <laughs> If you do, I'm just going to troll you and go, oh, nice touring you got there, mate. And if you say it's an STL guy, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You Although just, he will really care. I will really care. Because <laughs> I'll be like, oh my God, it's the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June too is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You know, you know, yeah. I'm going to fall in love with that. Uh, I know, yeah, because you know. I know you're falling in love with it because it's a pile of poo. It's not a pile of poo. Well, in my opinion, it is. It's a stupid car. I'm not interested. You don't want a manual 3RS. I don't want a manual 3RS. And it's not even like it's a dulled down 3RS. It's not even a proper one. Yeah. So what's the point? It's a great road driver's car. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. If you can really drive. People like me who drive manual know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. PDKs for losers. Heel and toe. Yeah. I don't have to actually because it auto blips. Oh, <laughs> okay, well, look, from cars that I uh, get overexcited about, I want to talk about one that you've been weirdly overexcited to buy the Amira four cylinder. Oh, no, no, I didn't say I wanted to buy it. I didn't say that either. I, just what you got just o- said. I said you got overexcited by. Oh, overexcited by. Not overexcited to buy. Oh, right. Uh, obviously, had its sort of rollout at Goodwood Festival of Speed, and now some initial press reviews have dropped. You keep messaging me going, oh, mate, I really want to get behind the wheel on these Amira four cylinders. Uh, yeah. What's I, wrong with you? What's happened? I don't know, mate. I just. I just think that that engine and that car will be, per- as in its perfect power, although not what you told me at the weekend. I might have changed my mind now because you told me a couple of things at the weekend, which I'm not particularly happy about. Well, to be fair, I need to do more research. I watched one review, which was uh, Smoking Tire. Okay. Um, Matt? No, Matt didn't actually go and do it. Um, Zach was doing it instead. Okay. And the... Bits that stood out to me was that the gearbox apparently is very slow. Very, very slow. Which would really annoy me. Infuriating. Infuriating. And that it feels a little underpowered. Like they could have just given it a bit more oomph. What is it, like 370 or 380? 380, I think. But I'd be more... I, w- I think that's okay, the power, because it's the gearbox that would annoy me. Well, you know what that screams to me? What I'm getting this massive... 4C vibe from it. Shame. You know, I'm getting that real, like, th- th- that's the, that's what it's going to be like. Yeah. Good looking, light, great chassis and yeah. steering and things like that, but then actually a bit r- r- yeah. lethargic. But maybe they've had to do that, mate, because otherwise it's better than the 3 litre one. Do they want it to be better than the 3 litre one? Because I always thought that that car would be the one to have, not the three-litre manual. You said that from day one, haven't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, and that's probably why I'm excited to drive it, because I genuinely think that that bit... But if the gearbox is not very good, I mean, I'd, I'll be... Inf- uh, I mean, just going by a Cayman, like I said all along. Uh, let's see, there's a review here on Car and Driver, which I think is America. 
Uh, it is America. Um, so, so for, sorry, 360 horsepower. Yeah, it's enough though, mate. It's fine. horsepower. Yeah, of course, but it's all within reason. It can, doesn't matter just the horsepower figure. It depends how it's deployed, where it is, where's the torque in there, and, yeah. and how does it go down the road? How much of does course it weigh, it's enough. the car? Of course it's enough, but it can still feel like you want more. The Alpine A110, super light car, but you wanted the A110S to come along because it just felt like it needed a bit more urgency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. Complicating the comparison is the fact that the two engines don't share a transmission. The V6 has the standard six-speed, the option of a six-speed torque converter. The four-cylinder is paired solely with the eight-speed dual-clutch automatic that's that's familiar with the transverse-mounted AMG. The massive blah, blah, blah. Despite their proximity on paper, the second Amira variant possesses a very different personality. The AMG engine has a huge muscle, but feels less sophisticated than the supercharged V6. At low RPM, there's noticeable turbo lag. And even at higher revs, it takes a couple of beats for boost to build in response to sudden accelerator inputs. Mm. The inline four is also louder. Um, all of this adds to excitement, but not refinement. Um, as in its Mercedes applications, the dual-clutch gearbox shifts quickly, near-seamlessly. Oh, well, here they're saying it does. In drive, the gearbox alters its shifting strategy according to which... Uh, sport mode, uh, fortunately, manual gear selection is simple and enjoyable with pleasingly solid-feeling metal paddles. When the gearbox electronic brain anticipates a shift, gear changes are delivered almost seamlessly. Well, car and driver disagree with what Zach had to say, but... but it's would... easy to hit the rev limiter when upshifting. Oh... As if the display were lagging slightly. Yeah, I, d- I do. I do kind of understand what Zach's saying mm-hmm. because the 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 A forty five S the the gearbox isn't like as sharp as a BMW or an Audi. It's not quite as seamless. There is a tiny delay. Like it's it's not a lot, sure. but there is a tiny delay. So that might be what he's talking about and he really expects it to be seen and I can see why it would be annoying because it would annoy me as well I just yeah. hope that they'd probably sorted that out with that car as in you know recalibrated it and made it a bit more snappy maybe they haven't that's what you know well fingers crossed we're going to get behind the wheel at some point that I think might be our next test drive special here, oh, well, oh, here well. on the podcast um, following our Maserati experience I think I'd be keen to us to maybe even go to Hethel and do a bit of a podcast in and around Hethel and then jump behind the wheel of a a four cylinder because that because that, cool. that is a car where because I normally like go into cars being you know reserved. anti anti but you're the opposite I am I am this time I'm the opposite why don't you place a deposit before we go no no I don't <laughs> want to buy one no no, well, no we should no. do Electra on the same day we should do a mirror four cylinder and Electra as a podcast test drive special but what's the Electra the big SUV oh yeah that'd be cool right oh, I haven't driven okay, that one we'll arrange that that'll be a day out yeah that's a nice clear day. your diary all right son. Now, speaking of engines and AMG engines. Fast ones. Well, let's talk about the the rumour that came out that Mercedes were contemplating bringing the V8 back for yeah. their C63 models. Yeah. Famously went to this, what is it, the two-litre four-cylinder hybrid, Correct. whatever, whatever. Yeah. That everyone was like, oh, what is this? That's not an AMG. Mm. And press or media for that new C63 has been super quiet. Yeah. It's almost as if Mercedes have buried that car slightly. Has it been delivered anywhere? Have there been uh, any? I've not seen one. I've not seen one anywhere. No. The last Pricing I, was announced, what, a month ago or something? More longer. The last I heard, they were um, having problems with hybrid systems. Well. Trying to get them to work. Makes sense as to why they want to bring the V8 back. Yeah. But I don't really remember seeing or reading too many reviews. No, me too. Any. Yeah, yeah. I've requested to have a going one at the factory and here in the UK many times. 
uh, not available. I'm so sorry. Really? So, yeah, like very mm. weird, that car. And then this kind of story broke that, yeah, MG were contemplating just bringing the V8 back, potentially that hybrid V8 that's in the S-Class, I think. Okay. Um, now, when this happened, I think you were like, no chance. No chance what? That, that Mercedes would do that. You're like, they've invested way too much money. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. Did I say that? Didn't you say that in the WhatsApp group? I'm sure in the WhatsApp group you no. were like poo-pooing the story. And I said, oh, well, actually, I have a... You have, you have an in. I have an insider. I said, I said, I, said I, I, I didn't say no chance. They won't get rid of the product. They'll put it in something else. That's what I said. You said in, the, the two-litre four-cylinder will go into another car. They'll put it into... There'll be no chance they won't... They'll just throw it away. they spend spent way sure. too much money. Yeah, no, I would yeah, agree yeah, with you there. They'll put it into something else. But a bit like we saw with the Cayman two-litre... Uh, I think that they we'll, run that for four years, though, mate. For sure, but they very quickly bought. So maybe it would be C sixty three, C sixty three S, and maybe there'll be a C sixty three R, which has got the V eight. Do you know what I mean? Like, or maybe they do the C sixty three and it's the two pot, and the S is the V eight. Yeah, because maybe no one's buying the two pot. Maybe that's what they've gone. <laughs> they've gone. Oh crap! Yeah. But yeah, I had an insider tip. I can't name my source, but I found out about this about a year ago. Yeah, like so, like someone who really, really knows what they're talking about in the world of Mercedes. Yeah. Um, said to me in a completely separate conversation, oh yeah, they're, they're already looking at bringing it. It was a wider conversation about synthetic fuels and the future of mobility. And they just happened to mention this and I was like, no way. And now suddenly it's broken. It's like, well, okay. I think somebody's come out saying, no, no, we're never going to do this. This is crazy. Today, like saying, this is a silly story, but there's no smoke without fire, Tony. No, of course. No smoke without fire. No. So what, like, how do you read that? Like, just as a general consumer and car fan, when that story came out, you went, well, duh, or you went, nah. Like, how did, do you think they should bring the V8 back? Well, I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it. I mean, they sold loads of V8 cars. I mean, surely they can sort the emissions out. I mean, uh, BMW still do big, well, like they're not big, but they're still three litre cars in their M cars and and um, Audi still use V6 petrols for their rs cars and the rs6 is still a v8 and i think the new rs6 will be a hybrid v8 so why can't merc just do a hybrid v8 essentially the thing is like it is a little bit odd because that that current v8 car like in the 2020 and the 2021 cars it's a bit crap anyway as in the the, the v8 is still there but there's no noise mate mm, it's yeah, all yeah. it's all pounded into sp I mean I got one in stock I mean it's a it's a cracking engine and we always say how good that it's one of the best engines on the market because it's so tunable and it goes in everything it's a great engine yeah um, look at it in the DB12 unbelievable yeah 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 there's so many different it's an amazing engine that engine um, but it's like a bit dead in the in that car because they 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 literally put all the noise through the speakers so you can't it's really quiet outside can't hear it no i agree i mean like so many cars but that's one of the worst it's, yeah but it's very yeah 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 yeah. i don't know why whereas when you think you get a, a 2016 16 one and it's like god shouting it yeah you yeah know, fire breathing fire yeah. breathing proper loud um we, we got a 2018 c63 in stock which is a pre opf mm -hmm. which is loud we've got a 2021 car which is like a hoover yeah silent silent I, I I feel weirdly about it. Obviously, V8 is one of my favourite engines of all time. I'm obsessed with V8. I think it is my favourite. Yeah, performs yeah. brilliantly, like the way that it can differ in different cars, different setups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But I'm all for this kind of innovation that we're going through at the moment. Mm. And I'm all for new and different things. And I am not enough of an AMG nerd to sit there and go, they must have V8. You know, like I'm, I was quite keen to try out this new setup, this new engine, mm. this new hybridized system. And I do think it feels like weirdly a step backwards if they go and chuck a big V8 back in it for the next generation. I do feel like that's a bit of a, I don't know, like, because mm, I think it's cool when you read these articles saying you can now have, I mean, even the bloody F-Type that, you know, over the last year or so, 575 horsepower, and I was doing like 33, 34 mm. MPG on longer journeys. I mean, yeah, they're better that's now, unbelievable yeah. compared to my first F-Type that yeah. I ever had, which, you know, I'd struggled to get out of the teens. Yeah. The way that these things are developed and we design, so I just, I'm all for a bit of, yeah, new era, new age and new developments. So if they're going to stick a V8, I just want them to do something different. Okay, so a yeah, mild hybrid or something like that could be cool. Just mm. just because we're in a different world. We are in a different world. And if yeah. they just go, oh, just stuck the four litre V8 in there. No, I, mean, I think they would use a hybrid train of some sort because that's what we're seeing in most yeah. manufacturers now anyway. Even the even Lambo are going that way now, aren't they? So, um, and we never thought we'd see the day. No, and this is the thing, you know, I, of course we can be nostalgic and we can not want to let go of the cars, the engines that we love. And I'm definitely not sitting here being like, oh, let's just make everything electric. But I'm just about, I say the, the innovation side of it, that's what I'm here for. We've had, and we do still have incredible V8s, V10s, V6s, V12s. And I don't want them to disappear. But I also just, I'm excited by the idea of new versions. You know, these little tiny engines, with, like they don't sound good, but they can perform unbelievably well. 296, what a bloody powertrain. Mm. Unbelievable powertrain. Yeah, too fast. Too fast. Too fast. Yeah. But loads of character, yeah, loads yeah. of personality, like a whole new recipe that none of us were really expecting to be as amazing. <laughs> I'm now rubbing the 296 in your face because obviously not taking the car anymore since we went off. Oh, we'll I've, have one though. I've had three more people come to me like, it's the best car on the market. Yeah, yeah. Fair. I've got to get behind the wheel of one again. Oh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely buy one in the future. Yeah, I just I have no so. need for, you know. Yeah. I really, I keep talking about this. I know we were talking about this. I was on a post on my Instagram yesterday. I really want a Black Series. I Have you driven one on the road though? No. I've been, I've been, I was actually a friend of mine's got one and he said, do you want to have a drive of it? And I said, no, I'm not really that bothered as in I just really want one. I don't want to just go flat out. Anyway. Yeah, you don't want to go flat out in somebody else's. How do mm. we get you a press car? I don't know if they still have a. Yeah, because some, some, obviously I've got a couple of dealer friends. One's actually got one in stock at the moment and he said he took it home mm. and he said uh, he hated it. Really? Couldn't wait to get back to work. No. Not, not, yeah, because he said it was like quiet and muted and, you know, it sounded dead and yeah, stuff. But, that's true. That's all true. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, um, it all depends what you want out of a car. I do care about noise, but I, I really want to, you know, I really want to see what it's like when you give it some And wedding. you can fix the noise. Shmi fixed the noise with his. He put that big exhaust on it. It made a huge difference. And actually, you know what? If it doesn't work out, we can hope and pray. I'll send them a message after this. The Lee Collection, who are in Perth, my friends, the Lee Collection. Oh, yeah. They've got a Black Series there. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and I would hope I would hope to God they would let you have a go in it. Yeah, that'd be nice. Because we'll have a bit of time in Perth. Uh, if they're there, if they're around, and the car is still there, yeah, that can be our backup. Yeah, I'd, li I'd like to have a little go in one, but but I don't think it would deter... I think I'd still want one, because I just want to tick it off the list. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, it's just a car I always gravitate to, because I don't want to replace the, the Porsche yet, but 
a 296 is on my list and so is that Black Series. But I ju- I've just always been talking about the Black Series. You I have, just need yeah. to get it off my list. Get it done. Yeah. Do it next year, mate. I might do, yeah. You know what I'm going to do next year? A trip car. SLR McLaren. They're good boy. Oh, mate. That is the biggest crash I've ever seen. Because <laughs> that just, that literally doesn't stop. And it doesn't go. It doesn't go in a straight line, mate. You're twenty be- years. Twenty years of the McLaren SLR this year. Right now, it's happening. Right now, it's twenty anniversary. It's happening right. <laughs> right now, we're in the thick of it. And it's like, like we're in like an old epidemic. Manny Koshbin said, <laughs> "Future classic, <laughs> mate. You can still find SLRs under three hundred grand. Oh, yeah, they're and we're going to be sitting here going, wow, yeah. SLR McLarens a million pounds. <laughs> Should have got them, shouldn't we? And I go, oh, I told you, Tony. They're half a few quid to service, though, by the way. Well, I can imagine, and to run. And they're kind of poo to drive. But I've always loved them. I think they're super cool. Why don't you get one, then? Because, well, You've got some money. I'd have to sell the GT3. Yeah. The 360. Yeah. Your house. My house. <laughs> <laughs> All this equipment. Like, it's, it's a lot. It, if, you tell me, uh, uh-huh. if a PTS manual GT3 was still worth a... Uh, 300 grand. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Not, not. not one that's had its drive shaft fall off as well. Uh, I honestly, but, but the problem is I'd have, like that would be an investor car. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm driving it once a year. Yeah. And I'm just sitting and praying that I've got it right. But I do still look at SLR McLaren's going, those cars are heinously undervalued. Yeah, fair. Because, yeah, because there's a point with cars where what, how they drive stops mattering. Well, when it's 20 years old, I mean, you can't, it's not from that point of view, it's not fair on the car to compare it because we're all spoiled. How many times have we said that? Know, but it was crap in its era. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> and it's always been crap. Yeah, but it was less crap. Do you I know, know what I'm I mean? not so sure. No. <laughs> I think it was always a bit no, crap. No, yeah. But nowadays, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those cars move on so quickly. Yeah, because the Enzo is famously awful. It's terrible. Terrible, but, but brilliant. It's literally right up on my one or two list of cars to Yeah, lottery, lottery picks. It's there. Enzo's right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, just SLR McLaren for me is just... Have you driven SLR McLaren? Many times. Don't I've like actually it. driven four or five times. It's 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 hard not to like. It's just not good. Yeah. The brakes <laughs> don't work. No, <laughs> in a car that goes well over two hundred miles an hour, I'm sure. The handling is bizarre, yeah. and the gearbox is crap. Yeah. So you're in this kind of muscle car feeling supercar that's a hyper GT that's really fast. You don't want to use the paddles. Just let the car do its own thing. The Americans not must try and have use made the paddles. The Germans didn't make The Americans must have made no, that. No, McLaren car. made it, mate. Yeah, but... It was uh, McLaren Automotive. Yeah, but it must have been the American people. No, no, listen to what I just said. It was McLaren <laughs> Automotive. <laughs> Pre-12C, <laughs> McLaren Automotive. I know, but they what... They just stuck a Mercedes badge on it. But, but they must have had some American influence, mate, because that car is literally American. No, but you're Don't saying this in a really cliche way. Yeah, so but that's cliche. true. But that's true, though. No, no, no. It's not cliche. The, it's facts. The point being, I think it's a, and I don't know enough here, so feel free any SLR aficionados to comment below, that it was firstly a project that maybe would have never or should never have seen the light of day, like a bit of a backroom project. McLaren, as I say, hadn't built a car since the F1, weren't really on the road to the 12C, I don't think didn't necessarily have the abilities to compete with because it was going up against Carrera GT and Ferrari Enzo. And so really they built an unbelievably fast car that was obviously celebrating the 300S on the original Gullwing and the SLR thing, but was a bit of a concept, a concept brought to life that, yeah, once you dialed into it, you went, well, actually all of these parts are kind of crap. And so that's why in a, 
up against Crow GT, up against Enzo, he just never lived up to that expectation. Not because Americans got involved, because, you know, he's <laughs> sound like Jeremy Clarkson from 2005. Let's move on. We know that <laughs> Americans can make all right cars now. Now, but, yeah. You yeah, couldn't yeah. back then, though. No, yeah, but, but... That's what I'm saying. It was made by Brits. It was right. made by Brits. So you're going to have to put your hands up before our US audience come at you. But the Carrera GT and the, the Enzo are piles of no, poo no, as no, well. No, Carrera GT's not. Well, I disagree, though. No, no, man. but you... you you're wrong. Not okay. I Courage to you are wrong. You just hate it because you hate it. That's fine. You're allowed to hate it, but you cannot say it's not good. Enzo is flawed, and admittedly, everyone puts their hands up and say flawed. Carrera GT is a fantastic driver's car. Right. In your opinion. In my opinion. Right. Good. <laughs> and and every every other person that owns wrong! it, and the people that people that don't own it, tell the wrong. truth. I don't own it either. No. But no, it's. Yeah, but you just like shit cars, yeah. So yeah we yeah, know exactly. this thing. We know this. Yeah, yeah, we know this. Uh, speaking of shit cars, <laughs> <laughs> how are you getting on with the M3 touring? Uh, oh, I love it, man. Yeah, no, I was joking. <laughs> um, M5 touring, spotted testing now. Oh, no. Does that make you jealous? No, no, no. It's a different market, mate. That, you know that car's going to be 150 grand yeah, no, or I told like you that. that. No, no, no. I told you that. You because no the, way. The, the, Not the, a the, the dealer, the, 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 the BMW dealer that I deal with. Mm hmm. They they think start on that price on that car is going to be a hundred and odd thirty thousand yeah, quid. Yeah. Start. Yeah. No. No. I mean, I I saw this coming from a mile away, and I know people in other parts of the world who have been told or been specced a car to one hundred and fifty grand. I ca I cannot yeah. get my. Yeah. I mean, it's good because as good as that car will be, and we always speak about the M five, the saloon car being the best all round car around although i do happen to think that the m3 tour in it is that now is that going to take the mentor the man it's, mantra it's mantra. the xm in estate car format essentially yeah i mean next week we've got a big episode talking about the car industry and specifically financials of the car industry the fact that prices are going through the roof for new cars used market is all over the place you know we've got a lot to discuss yeah and this is one of those prime examples what? Something just collapsed. It's like it? the building was going to fall Someone down. died. I hope not. I think someone just died. Look. There was a big bang there. <laughs> bang! God, that was the, a bit wheel, the wall shook. Can I speak of someone dying? Just quickly, side story. This is not funny. But uh, on our way back from Lisbon, uh, I think there was a strike from the Portuguese air staff. Anyway, so... We had to do a long queue uh, at the airport. You know when they pre-board you now? So they, they check your ticket and they send you down. And you wait in the, what's it called? the Like a gully. Yeah, the gully or the gangway to the plane. You just have to wait there for hours and hours. And it was super hot. Mm. Some poor guy obviously started to feel a bit faint. So he went to sit down and he passed out. Right. My wife clearly thought he died. <laughs> and rather than rushing over to aid or alert staff or say... Darling, go and help this man. She ran as if she had killed someone. She literally went, oh my God, turned with baby and ran a country mile. And I went, you're like that person. If there was an avalanche coming, you wouldn't say, babe, run. Just She'd run. just be gone. She'd just be gone. Paul Ladder. She up. saw danger or something that she wasn't aware. And she thought, I'm looking out for myself here. Uh, thank God she at least took the baby. I mean. So what happened? Well, he was totally fine, thank God. I so say he just passed out. Oh, thank Luckily, God. there was doctors there, rehydrated so him. So no one died? No one died. Oh, good. She just thought they did and looked after herself. Right. Checked herself out. She was gone. Gone. Took me 10 minutes to go and find her. Where did like, she go? God knows. 
Well, she can't get on the plane. Fear of flight. No, no, she just ran back up the galley and somehow, oh, I've got to get out of here. Right. Panicked. Panicked. Yeah. So if there's some disaster scenario and I'm with her, well, I'm dog alone. Well, <laughs> well you've had a couple of disaster. What about the the the, the earthquake? Well, the earthquake? Tell me about that. She did the same thing. Did she? Yeah. <laughs> I should have seen it coming. Yeah, she I was off. there with my whole and I looked over and she's the other side of the garden. <laughs> sorting herself out. <laughs> So, yeah, if you're in an emergency, don't hang out with my wife. <laughs> should be gold. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so anyway, what I was saying is that we're going to be talking about things like the fact that, and how can we get to the point where an M5, forget that it's a touring or not, is yeah. 150 odd grand. Yeah. Like that, that is a mad, but it's, it's a sign of the times. That's, that's the world we're living in right now. Mm. And we've, we have had it. We have had it really lucky over, especially in the UK, because car prices have been cheap to mm-hmm. most places in the world, mate. Mm-hmm. Not just in Europe, mm-hmm. as in the world. But we're slowly catching up now. Well, I'm sure, and again, topic for next week. But yeah, I just think uh, I cannot imagine many people, even if you're a loyal M5 customer, right? Because there are people out there who just buy. M5 after M5 after M5 or five series after five series. You just, you have your car. That's what you get. You wait for the new one, trade in, off you go. Mm. Maybe you've been praying for a touring or whatever it might be. You must be sitting there when the dealer calls up and goes, oh, sir, the next generation is coming and they're offering a touring this year. And you go, great, I'll, I'll get that. Let's spec it up. And they say, oh, that's our final price of 150 grand. They're not going, what? Yeah, they are going, what? Because they're 100%. They're going, yeah. what? No one's sitting there going, oh, sure, no problem. You mm. know, everyone always expects the new car to be a bit more, but yeah, it, it's it's kind of wild. So yeah, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to be doing a deep dive, as I say, into everything that's kind of going on or that we're experiencing. And I'm going to be quizzing Tony, really, on what he thinks is happening with new cars, new cars, etc. cetera. Uh, but we'll, we'll call this week's episode to an end. It's a good place to close, I guess, teasing next week's. So yeah, get ready, Australia. We're, we're coming. We're coming. <laughs> uh, and if you want to know how to attend these events, the exact venues for each of the cities and where to book tickets, stay tuned because I think a couple of weeks, probably at the beginning of September, we'll be launching that page and all that information. Uh, but for now, if you want to follow Tony on social media, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms. He's got a load of new stock coming. So if you're looking for a lovely car into actually, the autumn, yeah. yeah, go and check out uh, things that he's got coming through. Uh, I've got some very lovely uh, press drives coming up, uh, test drives and some of few adventures. So follow me at, at Seen Through Glass and we'll be back with you, as I said, that deep dive in the car industry next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 